Coming at you from WCWSHQ here in Trinity, North Carolina. It is the WCWS Radio Network's weekly pop culture review show. It is episode number 258 of WCWS Outside the Ropes. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WCWS Chad Hinshaw coming at you from the HQ tonight. As we, of course, as we said, bring you, of course, your pop culture stories uh, from, of course, 411mania.com. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be bringing you some pop culture, history, and birthdays here this evening. Plus, also, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be bringing you some wrestling tidbits to get you prepped for tonight's episode of Revolution here as well. Also, we'll be, of course, courtesy of the Echo Dot, we'll be bringing you some some tidbits, of course, here courtesy of CNN as well. So be sure to listen in for that. If you wish to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here this evening, Please feel free, of course, to give, give us a call. The phone number, as always, is 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID 141-387-POUND. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here this evening. Let's go ahead and start things off here at 6 at 6.23 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which, of course, as we said, courtesy of the Amazon Echo Dot. We will be bringing you, of course, some uh, some uh, some five things five things update here, courtesy of CNN. And in order to bring that up, ladies and gentlemen, I now say the following: Alexa, current news. Chad, here's your news from CNN. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed.com. Good evening. Here are the five things you need to know for Wednesday, June 16th. An historic summit between President Joe Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin wrapped Wednesday in Geneva after more than three hours of talks. During opening remarks, Biden said he was seeking a, quote, 
predictable and rational relationship with Russia, making reference to the U.S. and Russia as two great powers. Putin thanked Biden for the, quote, initiative to meet, saying, quote, Russia and U.S. relations have a lot of issues accumulated that require the highest level meeting. After the summit, Putin described the talks with Biden as constructive. Biden suggested he laid out, quote, rules of the road with his Russian counterpart, saying he brought up the issue of human rights and interference in the U.S. elections. A bill to award the Congressional Gold Medal to the officers who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th has passed the House, but 21 Republicans voted no on the bill. This despite an agreement between the House and Senate on the legislation, further showing the deep divide over the deadly riot between members of Congress. The final vote in the House Tuesday was 406 to 21. Three medals will be awarded, one to the entire U.S. Capitol Police Force, one to the Metropolitan Police Department, a third will be put on display at the Smithsonian with a list of all law enforcement agencies that defended the Capitol. As more states lift pandemic restrictions, experts are concerned about cases of a dangerous COVID-19 variant that are, quote, rapidly increasing. First reported in India, the Delta variant now makes up nearly 10% of the COVID-19 cases in the U.S., according to U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. Experts worry it may soon become the dominant strain, saying it appears to be significantly more transmissible. They also say it's yet one more reason to get vaccinated. A new study by Public Health England found that two doses of the Pfizer vaccine is 96% effective against hospitalization caused by the Delta variant. The official start of summer is still a few days away, but over 40 million Americans are on alert across the western U.S. this week for a long-lasting and potentially deadly heat wave. It's due to a record-breaking heat dome that's gaining strength, with temperatures expected to soar by 10 to 25 degrees above their seasonal norms this week. Scientists say while heat waves, droughts, and wildfires have always been around, climate change is making them much worse. Amid a U.S. worker shortage, it appears more Americans are starting their own businesses. As of May, preliminary data from the Census Bureau shows 2.5 million new business applications have been filed this year alone. And in just five months, that's already more than half of the businesses formed in 2020. A report by the Peterson Institute for International Economics says many of these new entrepreneurs actually lost their jobs during the pandemic. And that's all for your CNN 5 Things Evening Edition. For more on these stories and the latest news, you can always visit CNN.com slash 5 Things. Alexa, stop. And we do thank the Amazon Echo Dot for providing that news update here tonight. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, as we always say, the Amazon Echo Dot always good, of course, to check your latest news, your net latest weather. Helps you, of course, uh, look up uh, particular items to help your children with a school project, or of course, uh, or of course, we'll play your favorite music. Also, of course, if you order anything off of Amazon.com, it will help you also track your order as well. So be sure to get the Amazon Echo Dot today. 
Uh, take it from me, Mr. WSWUS, it is, of course, a very, very worthwhile tool indeed. So be sure to check one out here today. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to 411 Mania to bring you, of course, the latest uh, pop culture news stories that we have, of course, on tap. We do, as always, thank our friends at 411mania.com for allowing us here in the WCWS radio network by, uh, to, uh, by reading their stories on all of our shows, including, in addition to Outside the Ropes, ladies and gentlemen, of course, Wolfpack Raw Radio, uh, Revolution Wolfpack Raw Radio, excuse me, also Power Hour, WCWS This Morning, as well as Wrestling Revisited, Wrestling Debate, and also Sports Machine. And we hope to, of course, get that instituted on all of our shows when we get them up and going again in 2021. Let's go to our first pop culture story here, of course, here of the day. Coming to you from Joseph Lee. <clears throat> As the movie Vacation Friends, starring John Cena, is headed to Hulu on August the 27th. In a post on Twitter, John Cena announced that his new comedy Vacation Friends will have its premiere on Hulu on August 27th. He wrote the following, A fun movie guaranteed to leave some lasting memories. Come on vacation with Little Rail Howry, Yvonne Ori, Meredith Hagner, and me in hashtag Vacation Friends, streaming August 27th on at Hulu. In addition to Cena, Howry, or Orgy, and Hager, and Hagner, the film stars Lynn Whitfield, Robert Wisdom, Tony Newsom, Camille Bolden, and Barry Rothbard. It was directed by Clay Tarver from a script by Tim and Tom Mullen. Here is a synopsis: In this raw and raunchy com comedy, straight-laced Marcus and Emily, Little Rail, uh, Howry, and Yvonne, or and um, or or or, or guy, there you go, are befriended by wild, thrill-seeking partiers Ron and Kyla played by John Cena and Meredith Hagner at a resort in Mexico. Living in the moment, the usually level-headed couple lets loose to enjoy a week of uninhibited fun and debauchery with their new vacation friends. Months after they walk on the wild side, Marcus and Emily are high-five when Ron and Kyler show up uninvited at their wedding, creating chaos and proving that what happens on vacation doesn't necessarily stay on vacation. And, of course, you can check out John Cena's tweet, of course, on this page as we just read if you wish to, of course, uh, if you wish to, of course, read that as well. Our next story here, folks, Joseph Lee posted this story as Shudder is to produce a new sequel entitled VHS 94. Shudder has announced that they are set to produce VHS 94, the fourth installment in the hit VHS horror series. The found footage anthology series started with the first film in 2012, with sequels following in 2013 and 2014. News of the film was initially announced last year, and here is a press release. Shudder to produce next installment of VHS horror anthology franchise, VHS 94, as a Shudder original film. Jennifer Reeder and Ryan Prowse joined previously announced writer-directors Simon Barrett, Timo Taljanto, and Chloe Okuno. This was posted. In, this was mentioned in New York here today. Shudder, which is AMC Network's premium streaming service for horror, thriller, and the supernatural, has acquired worldwide rights to VHS 94, the fourth installment in the hit horror anthology franchise. The Shudder original film will release in North America, the United Kingdom, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand later this year. 
The HS94 marks the return of the infamous found footage anthology descendants from franchise alumni Simon Barrett, who did Seance, and Timo Tajanto, who did May the Devil Take You Too, in addition to acclaimed director Jennifer Reeder, who did Knives and Skin, Ryan Prowse, who did Low Life, and Chloe Okuno, who did Slut, and also Greg Anderson of the legendary drum metal band, uh, let's see, what's the name of this band? Uh, Suno and Southern Lord Records founder, will compose the film score. In VHS 94, after the discovery of a, of a mysterious VHS tape, a British police SWAT team launched a high-intensity raid on a remote warehouse only to discover a sinister cult compound whose collection of pre-recorded material un uncovers a nightmarish conspiracy. The VHS series has been known for two things. It's un really unbeatable line of filmmakers and it's edge-of-your-seat terrifying found footage stories. This was said of Craig Engler, the general manager of Shudder. With VHS 94, the producers have upped their game bigger, wilder, scarier than ever before. We can't wait to unleash this new installment to all Shudder members. Thrilled seems like an understatement for just how stuck we are to partner with Shudder, said producer Josh Goldblum. We shot the film entirely during the pandemic, uh, building sets in hotel, hotels, conference rooms, and in the spirit of the series, punk rock, punk rot roots we even ventured underground into a sewer our team channeled the misery of this past year appropriately so rest assured it's the biggest baddest and most bloodthirsty batch of tapes yet david brugner who did hellraiser and radio silence who did scream served as the executive producers josh goldblum produced the project for syncocalypse productions alongside franchise co-creator brad miska of bloody disgusting and curtis harder who did spiral Michael Schreiber for Studio 71, Zach Zeman, and Tom Owen also served as executive producers, along with Michael Pazit, James Thayer, and Andrew T. Hunt of Raven Banner Entertainment. So, of course, like I said, for those who are fans of this franchise, no, it'll be coming out here again very, very soon, so be on the lookout here for that. Of course, going back to, of course, talking about John Cena, Jeremy Thomas posted this story today. As John Cena was talked about on possibly working with The Rock in a Fast and Furious sequel and also playing the villain in F and F9. John Cena is set to debut in the Fast and Furious franchise in F9 this month. And if he gets a chance, he'd love to face off with The Rock in a future film. Cena is playing Jacob Toretto, the brother of Vin Diesel's character Dom, in the film which arrives on June 25th. He spoke with Geek Culture in a new interview who discussed his role in the movie and more. Here are some of the highlights. On playing the villain in the movie, Cena says, It seemed like no, no one would give me a chance, but I don't blame them. You can't really choose opportunity. Opportunity finds you, and you just got to be ready for it. A lot of the opportunities I've been given are to be a good guy, and then the Fast franchise was brave enough to take a chance on me as a bad guy. All the public is like, well, you can't be a bad guy until they see the movie. And a lot of people thought, well, you're just a WWE superstar and you can't do it. Then you finally get the chance to be the bad guy. So I'm making the impossible possible. I got to be a bad guy. On playing Dom's brother, Cena says, the most difficult and dangerous challenge is the brother versus brother confrontations between Jacob and Dom. We knew we had to bring that action to another level because Fast is known for its action, especially known for Dom's radio face-off with insurmountable odds. But this had to be of a different nature. This had to be a fight between brothers, action between brothers, and a face-off between equal opponents. It was merely surreal to find out that I would be a Toretto 
and also Dom's brother. This being my first movie in the franchise, and many folks have dedicated 20 years of their lives to the legacy of this too. My philosophy was just to be a was just to be a sponge, keep your mouth shut, your your ears open, and listen to the people that have crafted this story over the past 20 years, and that really served me great. On a possible confrontation between his character and The Rock's character, Lucas Hobbs, Cena says, the low-hanging fruit answer to, to that is, you can't see me. The real answer is, I don't know if that will happen, and if, that, and if that's very much up to the fast audience to decide. As the fast saga grows and evolves, I'm excited for a possible moment like that, but there's no guarantee. I hope it happens, and if the audiences around the world hope the same thing, who knows? On P's return for the remaining sequel, Cena says, I'd like to think that I'm the best villain to match up, but it's not up to me to decide. I think Jacob is deserving of being in the Fast franchise because of the excellent perspective we've seen in Don Toretto in response to Jacob's existence. Throughout the 20-year history, besides his sister, his chosen family are people that he loves and people that are close to him but don't necessarily share a bloodline. He now looks at things with a perspective as a father and also as a brother, a blood brother, and I think that's a very interesting and curious one that keeps the movie moving. So, like I said, it'll be coming out here a week from this Friday here, folks. Be sure to be, be checking that out. Our next story here, folks, Jeremy Thomas posted this story uh, yesterday as DC has already said that they would not allow Har uh, the Harley Quinn animated, animated series to show a Batman and Catwoman sex scene. The Harley Quinn animated series has a lot of R-rated content, but there was a, there was a particular concept scene between Batman and Catwoman that DC shot down. Justin Halpern, who co-created the series, spoke with Variety as part of a piece about how some comic book-based television shows of subverting the superhero genre talked about how supportive DC has been regarding the very adult-oriented series. Halpern noted that DC has allowed them to do a lot because they're using villainous characters for the most part, though we know that DC did demand that they ask one scene that depicted Batman giving oral sex to Catwoman. It's not clear how explicit the scene was from Halpern's comments. Harley Quinn has a lot of violence and swearing and sexual references, though no on-screen explicit sexual depictions. From what he says, though, it doesn't seem like doesn't seem to be about what was shown, but rather the act itself. Because get ready to raise an eyebrow, people. Heroes don't do that. It's incredibly gratifying and free to be using characters that are considered villains because you just have so much more leeway, says Halpern. A perfect example is that in his third season of Harley, when we had a moment where Batman was going down on Catwoman, and DC was like, you can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. Like, heroes don't do that. So we said, are you saying heroes are just selfish lovers? They were like, no, it's that we, it's that we sell consumer toys for heroes. It's hard to sell a toy. If Batman is also going is also going down on someone. Variety does note that Halpern and co-creator Patrick Sch Schumacher said that DC has been very supportive of the show and has allowed them to push the envelope of what would be considered acceptable multiple times. The third season of Harley Quinn has yet to premiere, but is expected to hit HBO Max late this year or early next year. But you watch here at some point down the road here, they're actually going to probably they may go behind DC's back and do that in some fashion. May release that in another form. I'm not sure, but you never know. So DC may not be able to control that, though. Jeremy Thomas posted this story, which came out on Monday, as uh, Jessica Henwick from Iron Fist and Game of Thrones joins the cast of the movie Knives Out 2. Jessica Henwick is finding herself in Benoit Block's orbit, joining the, the cast of Knives Out 2. 
Deadline reports that the Iron Fist and Game of Thrones alum has signed into the film. Joining the cast that includes Daniel Craig, Dave Bautista, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, and Madeline Klein. The film was currently aiming for a production start in Greece later this summer. Quite details on the, on the film are being quiet. Rhiannon Johnson is back to the right, direct, and produce the film, which will be distributed by Netflix and follow a murder mystery being investigated by, Craig, by Craig's character, Detective Blunt. Henwick is also set to appear in the fourth Matrix film, which releases in December. Knives Out 2 does not yet have an official release date. Of course, when we find that out, folks, we will definitely keep you, of course, in the know about that. Jeremy Thomas has this story here, folks. As Andy Muschietti shares a tease of the of a new costume for, uh, for of course, uh, for the Flash, and of course, in the new movie they got out based on him. The Flash director Andy, Andy Muschietti shows off what looks to be a new costume for Barry Allen in the film. Muschietti posted an posted an Instagram posted to Instagram with a with a look at the costume, which features a new insignia. For the costume that you can see, of course, right here on this page, as they got Mr. Muschietti's uh, Instagram on posted on here. The post comes after Muschietti posted a similar photo earlier this month teasing Batman's costume. The film sees Ezra Miller return as Barry Allen and Flash alongside Michael Keaton, who does Batman, uh, Kersey Clemens, who plays Iris West, Maribel Verdu, who plays Nora Allen, and Sasha Kell as Supergirl. Ryan Livingston will play Henry Allen replacing Billy Crudup from Justice League, and Ben Affleck is also set to play his own version of Batman. It is set to release next year and will be based on the famous Flashpoint storyline from the comics with a November 4th, 2022 release date set. And, of course, the costume looks pretty darn good here, folks. So we'll definitely keep you informed about that. I mean, anything is possible. Speaking of, of course, of um, new movies here, Jeremy Thomas posted this story on Monday as Toby Jones has, has been revealed in the new uh, in set pictures for the new Indiana Jones 5. Indiana Jones 5 is currently under production and new set pics have revealed a new cast member in Toby Jones. The Daily Mail posted the pics which revealed the Captain America, the first Avenger alum at Harrison Ford's side in the scene. Jones joins a cast that includes Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Matt uh, Mickelson, Thomas Kretschmann, Boyd Holbrook, and Seanette Renee Wilson. James Mangold is directing from a script that he co-wrote with Jez and John Henry Butterworth. Plot details are under wraps for the film, which will release on July 29th of next year. Mark Murphy posted this on Twitter. Of course, you, you can check it out at, at, at Thrice Champion. It says, nice new photo from Reddit of Harrison Ford in action as Indiana Jones with Toby Jones. Hashtag Indiana Jones 5. So be sure to, of course, check check that out here, of course, as well. <clears throat> Our next story here, folks, Joseph Lee posted this on Monday. As apparently an unused Ghostbusters theme song apparently has made its way online. It's almost impossible to think of the original 1984 movie Ghostbusters without hearing Ray Parker Jr.'s iconic theme song. <clears throat> but there were other songs under consideration for the title track, and one of them has made its way online. Former Deep Purple and Trapeze bassist vocalist Glenn Hughes and guitarist Pat Throw 
collectively, collectively known as Hugh Thrall, also did a version of the song in 1983. Thrall posted the song to his SoundCloud. He wrote the following. This is the demo Hugh Thrall and Peter Ackroyd pitched for the movie. It was declined. There has been a version posted on YouTube claiming to be the HT demo, but it wasn't. Here's the first time here for the first time it is finally posted. The guy that mixed it had been awake for a week on cocaine. It is one of the worst mixes ever. And this was posted. Um, and of course, a tweet coming out from James Green Jr., who is his Twitter handle is at Honey I Shrunk JG2. Uh, it says a slew of artists demoed Ghostbuster scenes before Ray Parker Jr., including Hughes Thrall. Over the years, recordings have leaked that were falsely attributed to them. Here now directly from Pat Thrall is the actual Hughes Thrall Ghostbusters theme. Um, so if you find that version there, folks, um, that he reminded that, that this was pitched, of course, to be the official theme for the movie that came out in 84. But, of course, unfortunately, it was declined. And, of course, Ray Parker Jr.'s version was, of course, one everybody knows today. A very somber moment here. This was mentioned here uh, this past Monday on Raw Radio. Uh, I actually, uh, <clears throat> but Jeremy Thomas posted this story on Sunday as we have lost another uh, uh, Hollywood legend, Ned Beatty, who, of course, is an Oscar nominee and also, of course, part of the Superman series of movies, sadly has passed away. Ned Beatty, who was nominated for an Oscar for Network, and appeared in Superman, has passed away. Deadline confirmed with Beatty's manager that the actor passed away on Sunday morning from natural causes. He was 83 years old. Beatty had a ton of memorable roles across film and television over his six decades of work, including such, including such films as Deliverance, Network, Exorcist 2, The Herrick, The Toy, Shooter, and the first two Christopher Reeve Superman films. He was also a multi-time Emmy nominee thanks to the 1979 movie Friendly Fire and 1989's Last Train Home. And also starred as Stanley Bolander in Homicide, Life on the Street. Beatty got his start at, at, on stage at the age of 19, appearing in Wilderness Road in 1956. He worked in theater productions in his home state of Kentucky as well as Virginia and Indiana before he made his film debut in the Liberance as businessman Bobby Tripp. That landmark film catapulted him into a film career where, and he was working regularly right away with roles in The Last American Hero, White Lightning, Nashville, and All the President's Men. His role as <clears throat> Tennessee Network Chairman Arthur Jansen and Network earned Beatty his sole Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor. He would continue to work at a, a stunning level, appearing in multiple films throughout the 1970s and 80s. 1988 alone saw Beatty appear in no less than seven films and became a go-to character for Hollywood. He did the same number of films in 1990, including the TV movie Captain version of TV movie version of Captain America, where he played Sam Kulowitz. His film work was was an addition <clears throat> to his wide swath of television television roles, including a host of TV films in the 1980s and a starring role in the late 1970s series Schnitznik at, at on CBS. Beatty had over one had over 1960 credits to his name, which include voice work, films like Toy Story 3 and Rango. He reprised his Toy Story role as the villain as Lots of Hug and Bear in the video game based on the movie. 
Also, on behalf of four, of course, on behalf of Four Eleven Mania, and also right here in the WWS Radio Network, our condolences go out to the family, friends, and legion of fans of Mr. Beatty. He will, of course, be missed. Also, of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, one he did he did a lot of great stuff here. Uh, uh, And but one movie, of course, that they did not that did, that of course Four Eleven Man did not mention here. Of course, he did a whole lot during the eighties. I'm sure there was a big filmography, of course, of movies that he was in. Uh, of course, one in particular that we had mentioned here, of course, many many times, uh, was Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield, as he played the dean of the college where Rodney Dangerfield's son and also the character played by Robert Downey Jr. was attending. So. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, he was named. He was the one called Dean Martin. Is is yes. So, but uh, but but, uh, but of course, a very terrific actor, and, and of course, he will be. Of course, definitely, he will be. Of course, definitely missed indeed. Uh, Jeremy Thomas posted this story on Sunday as Netflix. This is our last story here of the night. As Netflix releases the first clip from League of Legends, the League of Legends series, Arcane. The first clip of Netflix's upcoming League of Legends series entitled Arcane is online. With Jinx working some frustrations out, Netflix released a clip on Friday from the animated series based on Riot Games' multiplayer online battle arena game. And, of course, you can check it out right here on this page. The series is coming in the fall and will focus on the characters of Jinx and V. Two of the more popular heroes in the game. The series is created, is created by Christian Link and Alex Yee and is produced by Riot Games in partnership with Fortune Productions. It is described as follows. From the creators of League of, of the League of League of Legends comes a new animated series entitled Arcane. Excuse me, set in the utopian region of Piltover and the oppressed underground of Zong. The story follows the origins of two iconic league champions and the power that will tear them apart. So we will post this, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, um, in case if you're interested in looking at the trailer for this, or looking at looking at this video here, uh, we will post that in the WWS Entertainment Cavalcade page. Of course, a little bit later on, uh, after of course the show is over. With. So be sure to listen in on more than that. So there you have it, right there, folks. With uh, with of course your pop culture news and views here. Of course, also I want to thank the Amazon Echo Dot for the five things report. Of course, on CNN. 1605-562-0444. Caller ID 141387-pound. <clears throat> uh, let me make sure that I, of course, have this. Uh, uh, let's see. Let me make sure that I have this right here. Yes. Uh, this is episode 258 of WWS Outside the Ropes. Uh, Wednesday, June 16, 2021. Mr. WWS, Chad Hinshaw, of course, on the line here with you. The rest of the panel, of course, where the panel way too tough to handle, of course, taking it easy here as they are, of course, getting prepped uh, for uh, they're getting themselves mentally prepped here, of course, as coming up here, of course, at 9 o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, do not forget to listen to episode number 1003 of WWS Revolution tonight. Uh, caller ID 138055-POUND. <clears throat> As we, of course, in addition to talking about, of course, uh, 
your wrestling and pop culture uh, history and birthdays, and also your wrestling news and views. We will, of course, we will, of course, talk in more depth about what happened last night, of course, on NXT. Um, also, of course, we will get more insight here on some of the matches here that will be taking place at this Sunday's Hell in the Cell event, and plus some other wrestling wrestling uh, uh, extras, of course, will be coming your way. So be sure to listen in on that coming up here at nine o'clock here. Come, uh, Later on, down o'clock here, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, for WWS Revolution, episode number 1003. As we said, 138055-pound. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let us now go ahead and go directly to our pop culture history and birthday report here, of course, here for today, June 16th. Let's see what we have, of course, all lined up here. Uh, three, uh, we have we have three moments here to start you off here on this day in 1858. Abraham Lincoln says, "A house divided against itself cannot stand." Accepting Illinois Republican Party's nomination for the Senate. On this day in 1904, Bloomsday the day of, te- uh, takes place, which is the date of events in James Joyce's novel Ulysses. And on this date in the year 2000, Israel complies with UN Security Council Resolution 425 after 22 years, which calls on Israel to completely withdraw from Lebanon. Israel withdraws from all of Lebanon except disputed Sheba farms. Uh, several moments here in movies and television. On this date in 1960, the movie Psycho, directed by Albert Hitchcock, starring Janet Lee, Anthony Perkins, and Vera Miles, opens in New York City. On the day, 1978, the movie Grease, starring John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, premieres. Of course, based on this was based on the musical from 1971. And on this date in 2015, TV personality and real estate mogul Donald Dump, or we'll just say in this case Donald Trump, launches his campaign for the Republican nomination for United States President at the Trump Towers. Today, here in music, on this day in 1902, the Wizard of Oz musical. Musical first opens in Chicago, and today here in sports on this day in 1909, Jim Thorpe makes his pro baseball pitching debut for Rocky Mount, which is part of the ECL, with 4-2 win. This will cause him to forfeit his Olympic gold medals. On this day in 1884, the first roller coaster was used, and it was used on Coney Island in New York. Uh, we do have, of course, uh, let's see. Uh, this, da, 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 da. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, several, several notable uh, birthdays here. Today would have been the 192nd birthday of, of course, Native American Geronimo. Today will also have been the 131st birthday of Stan Laurel, of course, of the comedy duo Laurel and Hardy. And also, ladies and gentlemen, today would have been, I think I'm, I think I'm, Today would have been the 50th birthday, ladies and gentlemen, of Tupac Shakur. Geronimo sadly passed away back in 1909. Stan Laurel passed away back in 1965. And Tupac Shakur, everyone knows what happens there. He sadly uh, was, of course, one of those victims of, of 
shoot shootings, mass violence, and everything back in 1996. On this day in 1988 in Santa Barbara, California, a team of 32 divers began cycling underwater on a standard tricycle to complete 116.66 miles in 75 hours and 20 minutes. Some famous weddings to talk about here today. On this date, 1855, Salvation Army founder William Booth marries Catherine Mumford. On this date, 1928, New York Governor Thomas E. Dewey, who was 26 at the time, marries stage actress Frances Eileen Hutt. And on this date, 1943, actor-comedian Charlie Chaplin, who was 54 at the time, marries actress uh, Una O'Neill, who was only 18. Uh, one divorce to talk about here today on this date, 2006, Lady Victoria White, who was 43 at the time, divorces legendary Hollywood film producer Robert Evans, who was 76 at the time, due to ir irreconcilable differences after only 10 months of marriage. Uh, several passings, of course, to talk about here. John Churchill passed away on this date in 1722. George Reeves, of course, one of the most, one of Hollywood's most morbid mysteries. Of course, as you know, he did play. He, of course, he, of course, did play uh, uh, the one of the first flesh and blood Supermans. Of course, in the TV show The Adventures of Superman, he passed away. Of course, in 1959. Also, uh, let's see, Werner von Braun passed away on this date in 1977, and Helmut Kohl passed away on this date in 2017. Uh, let's see here. Now let's go to your movies and television of uh, history right here. Uh, as we said, of course, 1960, of course, Psycho uh, uh, opened in New York City. I want to say 1966, Rowan and Martin host the Dean Martin Show summer series on NBC. 1978 on this date, of course, as we said, the movie Grease starring John Travolta and, and Olivia Newton-John and um, premiered, of course, this was based on the musical they did back in 1971. On this date, 1980, The Blues Brothers, starring Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi and directed by John Landis, premiered in Chicago. On this date in 1989, Ghostbusters 2, directed by Ivan Reitman, of course, starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Harold Ramis, Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis, uh, uh, also uh, premieres. And on this date, 1995, Batman Forever, Opens with a record $528 million weekend. Of course, it starred Val Kilmer as Batman, Chris O'Donnell as Robin, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, and Nicole Kidman as Dr. Chase Meridian. Also, of course, if you remember, Jim Carrey was in his. He played the Riddler. As we said, as we said, of course, here, folks, uh, uh, let's see. What did I say? Yes. Uh, today would have been the 131st birthday of Stan Laurel, of Laurel and Hardy. Today would have been the 50th birthday of Tupac Shakur. And today, happy 34th birthday to Diana DiGarmo. Also, one passing, as we said, of course, George Reeves, uh, best known for, of course, as Superman, of course, died on this date in 1959. Uh, as we said on this day in 1943, uh, Charlie Chaplin marries Una O'Neill. I want to say 1989, actor Hugh Laurie, who was 30 at the time, marries theater administrator Joe Green in Camden in London. On a state in 1996, soap, soap opera actress and singer Cassie Wesley, who was 35 at the time, 
marries James DePalva, who was 39 at the time, in Morganfield, Kentucky. I want to say in 2005, American Idol singer Bo Bison, who was 29 at the time, marries Caroline Fisher at New Hope Presbyterian Church in Alabama. I want to say in 2007, two and a half men actor uh, John Cryer, who was 41 at the time. Of course, you might also remember him as well from, I think it was a TV show called The Famous Teddy Z. And also, of course, in Superman 4, he played Lex Luthor's nephew. And that was the last one was Christopher Reeve in it. Uh, anyway, John Cryer marries entertainment reporter Lisa Joyner, who was 40 at the time, at the chapel at Pueblo Bonito Sunset Beach in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. And, of course, as we said, one divorce here on, say, 2006, Lady Victoria White, who was 43 at the time, divorces uh, Robert Evans, who was 76. After only 10 months of marriage, this was due to irreconcilable differences. Now, of course, let's, do your, let's check out your uh, music history right here. On say 1902, The Wizard of Oz musical first opens in Chicago. On say 1958, Flip Top Box by Dickie Doo and the Dolts hits number 46 on the charts. On say 1961, Soviet ballet dancer Rudolf Nureyev defects to West at Le Bourgeois Airport in Paris. On say 1967, 50,000 attend first day of the Monterey International Pop Festival, beginning beginning it was beginning of what was known as the Summer of Love. On this date, 1977, Beatlemania opens on Broadway. On this, <clears throat> on this date, in 1979, Logical Song by Supertramp peaks at number six. On this date, 1990, uh, You Can't Touch This, of course, which is uh, Justin Lewis Fleming's theme song, by the way, by MC Hammer peaks at number eight. And on this date, in 1991, the revival of the musical Fiddler of the Roof closes at Gershwin Theater in New York City after 241 performances. As we said, of course, today in music, Tupac Shakur would have been 50, and Diana DeGarmo today would have, today turns 34. Some passings in music on this date in 1651. Marcello Castantini, who was a composer of Italian descent, passed away at the age of 74. On this date in 1804, Johann Adam Hiller, a German composer, passed away at the age of 75. On this date in 1808, George Wenzel Ritter, a com- who was also a composer, passed away at the age of 60. And on this date in 1831, jo- Joseph Schnabel, Sch- a composer of German descent, passed away at the age of 64. Um, as we said, of course, 1996, Cassie Wesley marries James DePalva in Morganfield, Kentucky. And 2005, of course, Bo Bice from American Idol marries Caroline Fisher in Alabama. I was saying 2007, legendary rock singer Rod Stewart, who was 62 at the time, marries model Petty Lancaster, who was 36 at the time, in a cloistered medieval abbey at La Cervea. Cervara, I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. And, of course, and we'll now go to, of course, uh, sports. Let's see what we have in your sports right here. On this date in 1883, the first baseball ladies' day took place as the New York Gothams beat the Cleveland Spiders 5-2. On this date in 1894, the U.S. National Championship Women's Tennis in Philadelphia Country Club, Helen Helwig beats defending champion Eileen Terry 7-5, 3-6, 6-0, 3-6, 6-3. On this date in 1899, Victor Trumper's first Test Cricket Century 135 versus England at Lourdes. On this date in 1903, first Highlander, 
or Yankee shutout victory, 1-0 over the White Sox. On stage 1909, Jim Thorpe makes his pro baseball pitching debut for Rocky Mountain as part of the ECL with a 4-2 win. This will cause him to forfeit his Olympic gold medals. On stage 1917, the 49th Belmont, James Butwell aboard the, house, the, the horse known as Hourless wins in 2-17.8. On stage 1929, Otto E. Funk, who was 62 at the time, ends a marathon walk from New York to San Francisco. 4,165 miles in 183 days. Very impressive. On a day, 1932, Sutcliffe and Holmes make 555 opening cricket stand for Yorks versus Essex. Uh, two, two birthdays, of course, in the world of sports here. Uh, boxer uh, Roberto Duran today turns 70 years old, and legendary golfer Phil Mickelson today turns 51. Some passings, of course. On a day in 1880, James Southerton, Southerton, an English cricketer who appeared in England's first two tests, passed away at the age of 52. On a day in 1961, I'm sorry, O.C. Scott, a cricketer who was uh, who was a W.I. legs spinner in eight tests. Of course, he passed away. Uh, we don't know how old he was. On his day, 1970, Brian Piccolo, a football running back, of course, 1965 to 69 with the Chicago Bears. And he was also the subject of the 1971 TV movie Brian's Song. Sadly, passed away of cancer at the age of only 26. And also on his day, 1984, Lou Andreas passed away. He was a baseball coach from right here in America. He was born in 1895. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it there with your pop culture, history, and birthday reports here for today now the folks let's go back to 411 mania and let's get you of course uh, up to date here with it with it with uh, a few little stories to get you going here for tonight's uh, get you pumped up for some wrestling talk here tonight on revolution uh, first off jeffrey harris brought puts out this story as barry horowitz says that matt bloom disrespected him the Wrestling Inc. Daily recently spoke to former WCW and WWE wrestler Barry Horowitz. Horowitz. During the chat, he revealed how Matt Bloom was disrespectful to him and talking about coming in as a guest coach to the WWE, at, to the WWE Performance Center. Below, right here are some highlights from WrestlingInc.com. Barry Horowitz on working as a coach at the Performance Center. Horowitz says, My last hurrah in my career, besides doing things like this, is to be a coach at some kind of performance center or training center. So I could pass my knowledge and what the Malenkos taught me. We're not trained for two or three months, and you got a guy that's been in the business three years. I've been in the business for over 30 years. I've paid my dues. I've been trained by the best in the world, bar none. I don't care who wants to talk up, talk up and do this. Maybe I'm being biased, but if you want to get logistics out and terminology and whatever else you want to pull out of your hat, Malenko's the best. Barry Horowitz on being disrespected by Matt Bloom. Horowitz says, I live an hour from the Performance Center. Is my word getting through? I don't know because think about it. You guys do. I just want to make it more flavorful. I don't want to take nobody's spot. I don't want to take Shawn, Shawn Michaels' spot, Norman Smiley, Matt Bloom, the head trainer. What do I What do I know about Matt Bloom? Nothing. He was Tenzai and Prince Albert, two gimmicks that failed in a year, and he disrespected me over the phone completely. I mean, how dare you? I'm not comparing myself to these gentlemen, but Ricky Steamboat, Rick Flair, Hulk Hogan, the list goes on, Jimmy Valiant, Rufus R. Jones, Johnny Weaver, Roddy Piper, 
how dare you say, Barry, you've been out wrestling for a while, like I'm just getting off the couch and I need a job. I've surrounded myself by this, and he says, do you know who our CEO is and world champion? First of all, I don't care. Second of all, that's my only flaw. When I get to the building, take me in a room for 10 minutes, and you can spar me up, and I'm up to speed. What, what you need to worry about, does Barry look the part? Is Barry in shape? Does he look good to, to our students? Does he talk good to our students? Does he bully our students? Does he show up on time? Does he have a does he have drug problems? No. What? Are you afraid of me? You should be because I will take your effing spot in one minute. Not trying knowing there's a difference. Trying to take the spot or knowing, and I know I'm not perfect, but I'm a lot better now than these other clowns. So I find it highly disrespectful, especially all elite wrestling. It's right up my alley. All the wrestling they do there. I know some of the guys that are behind the scenes. I have no idea. If I have some kind of hidden heat or something, I'd rather somebody call me up and say, we just don't like you or you got to heat. But I'm seeing guys getting taken that have had flights on airplanes and that has never worked for Vince McMahon or caused problems. What is that what I need to do? I'll pass. I'm legit. I'm real. I don't play that crap. So. Our next story here, folks, Joseph Lee posted this story as apparently WWE has applied for several more new trademarks. In addition to the trademark they applied for yesterday for J.C. Jane, PW Insider reports that that on June 11th, WWE filed to apply for trademarks for multiple names, including Andre Chase, Nikita, Josh Briggs, Julius Creed, and Brutus Creed. And, of course, we don't need to read the, the uh, what's that what the trademarks are for. I think everybody kind of knows, kind of knows what they're for. Joseph Lee posted this story right here as ACH announces that he is stepping away from wrestling. Now, post on Instagram, ACH announced that he's stepping away from wrestling, from professional wrestling, and thank fans for his support. His last match was on May seventh at AAW's Take No Prisoners. He wrote, no need for the dramatic or emotional wordplay. As of today, I will officially step away from professional wrestling. Thank you for all the support and love. So, so like I said, we, we wish him, of course, the best and everything that and everything that he does, of course, here in the future. Joseph Lee posted this story right here as Eric Redbeard, or of course we remember him as Eric Rowan, talks about on why Bo Dallas never joined the Wyatt family. In an interview with Sports Kita, Eric Redbeard spoke about why Bo Dallas never joined the Wyatt family, even though he's Bray Wyatt's real-life brother. Here are some highlights. Uh, if Bo Dallas was ever considered for the Wyatt family, Eric says no, because it's a character, not real life. And on how the group started, it started with the characters that Bray Wyatt had with the white shirt, stuff like that. And he did some sort of vignettes with Dusty, and it was completely kind of a different thing. And then when they finally decided to kind of go with it, I know Brody it was, was going to be like the first son of, you know, Bray. And he was just called the first son, and he was on NXT for a couple of weeks, and NXT had started separating itself from main roster stuff to being its own entity and show in like maybe three days before before because we were we had done things backstage like i tried different promos with them but like i would wear different masks no mask jammer bottoms i didn't know what i was going to wear it was like two days before one of the nxt tapings they were like okay you are going to be the second son of bray 
which was funny because we were older than him, but it's funny, it, and it just kind of evolved from there with the rocking chairs and all that stuff. And one more quick story here before we, of course, ended here for the night. Jeremy Thomas, of course, posted this story today as a new photo actually kind of shows off uh, what could be Paul White's AEW ring gear. Paul White's AEW ring gear appears to have been revealed thanks to a new future story on Tony Khan. Forbes posted a feature on Khan which features the AEW roster and Khan in and around the ring. And White is in the back wearing what appears to be ring gear. White has yet to step in the ring and is serving as a color commentator for AEW Dark Elevation, but he has expressed the desire to, to actually do so to compete in interviews. Of course, uh, someone by the name of hash, uh, Punker Hashtag free Palestine at and his Twitter handle Twitter handle is at Punker SZN says Paul White's AEW gear hashtag drip hashtag drip God. And there's a picture, of course, on this Twitter uh, on this tweet if you want to, of course, check it out. But apparently um, so it looks like at some point down the road, who knows? We would definitely like to see what he could bring to the table here, of course, as far as. As far as, of course, the uh, as far as, as of course, as far as you know, wrestling. Because I mean, he did say when he first started that there was a possibility that he may step in the ring a little bit. I mean, he was he was going to probably keep it limited to mostly doing like commentator, comment, commentating, of course, here as well. But hey, who's going to argue with someone that big? Not me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we go, while we have us a few moments here, I'd like to, of course, call your attention to the WWS Pay-Per-View Prediction Center page and, of course, give you an update, of course, on a couple of poll matches that we have up here, of course, currently up and, up and running. Uh, <clears throat> and, of course, while we're trying to, get that, uh, trying to get that page up here, I will also remind everyone that this Saturday, that this uh, – That that this Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, we will be, of course, be having our, we'll be, of course, having our uh, big, uh, our match that we were scheduled to have a week ago tonight, uh, of course, to celebrate the 1,000th episode of Revolution. Unfortunately, we had to keep moving the moving the match, but of course, as you know, the Iceman Jared Girolamo is set to defend the WWS Revolution Championship against the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds in a Wrestling Jeopardy match, of course, it looks like now it will be talk, it would be mostly dealing with. We thought it was going to be about female wrestlers, but I think, and more likely, I think it's going to be possibly talking about wrestling factions, possibly. So we'll definitely, of course, be uh, it'll be a special edition, ladies and gentlemen, of WWS Wrestling Championship Challenge. <clears throat> of course, one four six five zero seven pound. Be sure to, of course, uh, be sure to, of course, uh, check that out here. Uh, be sure to, of course, check that out here, of course, as well. If by any chance we do have to move that match, ladies and gentlemen, we will do our best to let you know about that um, before, of course, before this weekend. But, but like I said, uh, <clears throat> but, but of course, both JD and Michelle have apologized, of course, for for this match. Was, um, and of course, I even I have had to move it, 
a little bit as well due to, of course, another conflict that took place. <clears throat> but um, let's go ahead and get you, of course, a quick update here. Of course, as you know, speaking of J.D., J.D., John Mitt, and Justin Lewis Fleming, of course, are defending the WWUS eight-man tag team championship against the team of Chris the Shark Calzer, Jordan Stoffless, Kevin O'Sullivan, and Manny Click, and also the foursome of John May, Byron J. Brain, Robbie Thomas, and William Banks. Right now, team uh, Chris, Jordan, Kevin, and Maddie are leading right now with six votes. The champions are in second place with four votes, and team John May currently has just three votes. And, of course, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, the WWS, I'm sorry, the NWA US Shadow Fall Championship, of course, Andrew Newman defending that belt against the remaining folks who were involved in the um, in the takeover in your house prediction title challenge. Richard Selby, Justin Carter, Greg uh, Ankeny, Antonio Gutierrez, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, and Sleepy Martins. Greg, Antonio, Michelle, and Sleepy have not earned any votes as of yet. Justin Carter and Andrew Newman are currently tied right now with three votes each. Richard Selby is currently, of course, leading it right now with four votes. So, of course, this could change, of course, by Friday. So we have they have until Friday's edition of Revolution to, of course, uh, update that here as well. And we'll start definitely, of course, posting uh, matches here for the uh, – we'll start, of course, posting matches for the uh, Hell in a Cell prediction title challenge. As, of course, we have officially we – we, we have officially have not uh, – um, I, have, I am working out some fine details on possibly on uh, on a possibly like introducing two brand new championships, uh, and also of course, like I said, doing like we did before, uh, <coughs> um, like I said, um, working on like I said a little bit of a plan here, and maybe I may be have this ready to announce by. Tonight's edition of Revolution, but I will keep everybody informed of that as soon as, as soon as we possibly can. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you very much for listening in here tonight to WWS Outside the Ropes, episode 258. Be sure to, of course, like I said, check out episode number 1003 of Revolution coming up here at 9 o'clock here, 138055 pound. Of course, as we get ready for Hell in the Cell coming up here this Sunday, we'll talk about it, plus some plus stuff related to last night's edition of NXT. Also, also of course, here, folks. <clears throat> also, of course, any other wrestling stories that are making the rounds, of course, um, we'll definitely, of course, bring it here to you. Of course, uh, I'm sure, like, so we'll definitely get to hear, especially, you know, JD, John, uh, Justin. Um, we'll definitely be hearing from these these gentlemen. I'm sure. Plus, I'm sure, hopefully, several more. But of course, like I said, we'll definitely be. We'll come. We'll definitely, of course have you a bunch of stuff to talk about here uh, this evening. We also urge you to check out all of our pages, of course, on Facebook, where we've got a lot, a lot of content posted on there. Indeed, we urge everyone to definitely, of course, take a listen in on it. Take a you know everything from all the classic basketball, basketball, baseball, and football games on WWS Sports Roundup to a lot of the classic TV shows, of course, on WWS Entertainment Cavalcade. Episodes of the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson on the Johnny Carson Tribute page. Also, of course, here, ladies and gentlemen, our newest group, of course, dedicated to, of course, the 80s uh, 
80s TV show Knight Rider, of course, clips from different TV shows, different different episodes of Knight Rider. Be sure to, of course, check check that out here as well. Also, <clears throat> also location location of animation. You got to check out some classic uh, uh, cartoon cartoons and other great stuff. And also, of course, here let me see. Uh, can't forget the wrestling part of it. Of course, our wrestling tribute groups. It has a lot of content, including ROH US, NXT US, AEW US, NWA US. <clears throat> also, both of our Impact US pages. Also, of course, Women of WCW US, where we have a lot of great ladies matches posted. And, of course, the WCW US NXT NG Video Vault, where we got a lot of great matches, promos, vignettes, everything of that nature. Be sure to, of course, like I said, check all that out here, of course, as well. Plus, a lot of other great stuff here. We'll continue to post different things. And we urge everyone to please check out what we've got on there and leave your personal thoughts and opinions about everything that we post here, of course, here as well. We look forward to, of course, hearing what you, of course, have to say. <clears throat> of course, like I said, Outside the Ropes 258 is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com, where we are, of course, uh, six years older and continuing to be bolder. Radio Network continues to be and will forever remain your pop culture connection. Of course, we'll be back on here a little, a little bit later in the evening, ladies and gentlemen, at 9 o'clock for episode number 1003 of WCWS Revolution. <clears throat> Until then, of course, take care and God bless here, folks. Since 2015, your source for everything in the world of pro wrestling, pop culture, and everything in between. This is, of course, ladies and gentlemen, the one and the only WCWS Radio Network.
this is this is the WCWS Radio Network. Have a good night, folks.